0: How many has ever went through some valleys in your life? You've had some times as a Christian when you were in a deep, dark valley. There were times I was in a valley and I needed a word from the Lord. I needed an anointed word from the Lord. I receive it from the scriptures. I'm a student of scripture. I study scripture. I, I eat it. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Praise God. But every now and then, God would send someone to me under the anointing to speak an anointed word to me. And it may be a word that I've read a thousand times in scripture, but that's the logos. But when it's coming through the anointing, uh, it comes off the page. When it's coming through the anointing, and it comes through someone that is anointed, it comes directly into your heart it does something different than just reading it for our mind to perceive it because it gets way down in our spirit praise God and from time to time uh, uh, God would move on this man right here and he's talked about a blessing that we've been to him and to to his own personal spiritual walk but I want you to know he's been a blessing to me as well He would come to me under the anointing and say things that I knew were true. But when it's spoken under the anointing, that's why the preaching of God's word and teaching of the anointing is so important. Amen. Amen. And he would come and speak a word to me under the anointing. He did it more than once, but it was always the same word. He saved the best wine for the last. He saved the best wine for the last. You know, when you get down to 45 years of ministry, that's a long time. Wow. Like Brother Costello said when I said something about a preacher here in this city, he said, is he still alive? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And I imagine people wondering the same thing about me. Is he still alive? Well, I'm not only alive, I'm alive and well. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I want to thank my brother here today and my brethren, every one of you that has spoken, some of you have been armor bearers to me. You've been you, you have brought a word to me. You know, preachers need a word from the Lord too. praise God. And and it may be something we know because we've studied the scripture. But when it comes in and through the anointing. Uh, it, it, It just gets down inside of you and encourages you. And I do believe that, Brother Sean. I believe it. I believe that we haven't seen yet what God is going to accomplish. We're not just, you know, just bottoming out and fizzling out. We are still on the field, and we are still on fire. We used to sing the song, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Can you say, man, well, we're still on the battlefield and the battle is still raging. But the fact that we're still on the battlefield means that we haven't fallen the, because he that's in us is still greater than he that is in the world. I'm going to ask Sean to pray over the word of God today because there's not only anointing to preach. Brother Taylor says it all the time. Brother Venable uh, will preach at the drop of the hat and he'll drop the hat. Amen. Praise God. That's the anointing and what it does. But there's also anointing to hear. And we don't emphasize that as much as we need to. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak to somebody in this room today. As we bring the word of God and the Holy Spirit becomes extremely active. He's the spirit of truth. And the Bible said when he comes, he won't just give you liver shivers on Sunday morning. Amen. He will guide you into all truth. And if you continue in my word, Christ taught, John eight thirty and 31. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth. Not just through revelation, but realization. Hallelujah. And the truth will set you free and keep you free and make you free. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brother. I love you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for your precious word, Father. Lord, not only is your blood precious, Father, your word is precious. And, Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit says says unto the church fathers and give us ears and give us ears to hear and give us the obedience to obey your word father and father god as this man brings your word let it let him speak as the oracles of god father lord let it hit the mark let it hit the heart father to change to deliver and to set free father in jesus name amen thank you father we've had a series of teachings and i've enjoyed teaching it and it just blessed me personally and challenge me personally encourage me personally we've been continuing to teach on drawing nigh to the most high that's not our message today but if you go online you will find those messages in sequence and they are powerful pertinent messages to people living in a day when there's so many people drifting from the Lord that day shall not come speaking of the antichrist that son of perdition when he is finally manifest something's going to precede that There are all kinds of signs that the Bible talks about prophetically, and one of those signs in particular is that they shall not come except there come a falling away first, and then he will be revealed. The apex uh, of that falling away will occur during the tribulation period, but there is a time before that when it's beginning and we're in that time right now. Someone wrote a book. I didn't even read the book. I was so inspired by the title and it's so appropriate. Upstream Christians in a downstream world. Amen. You don't have to you don't have to decide to go back to backslide. All you have to do is quit pressing toward the mark. Amen. That's all you have to do. Just quit making a real Effort to serve the Lord with all of your heart. And the current will take you back. You will find yourself backsliding. You will find yourself drifting away from God. Your values will begin to match the values of this world instead of the values of the kingdom of God. We are upstream Christians in a downstream world. There's a deputy sheriff that uh, I see regularly when we meet with other pastors at a restaurant, have been doing that for going on eight years now. And he also is a pastor of a church. He is a chaplain with the sheriff's department. And uh, he came by our table and I mentioned to another pastor at the table that we are upstream Christians in a downstream world. And he stopped He took out a pad and pencil, and he wrote it down. And he said, I've got my sermon for Sunday morning. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, well, it's not copyrighted. Praise God. We are upstream Christians in a downstream world. The scripture spoke of the world and the conditions in the world. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse as time goes on, as time draws near, deceiving and being deceived. But we're not of them that turn back unto perdition. We're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Can you say, man, so this is a day to hold on to what you got. Look at, look at somebody and say, hold on to what you got. got. I want you to say it again to somebody hold on and sister Taylor holding on to brother Taylor. I don't know what that's, I don't know what that's all about. Amen. That's not very spiritual, but it's a good, good marriage here. Hallelujah. Where's sister Venable? I'm going to hold on to what I got. (laughs) We're getting ready to celebrate 56 years. 56 years? Are you kidding me? Lord have mercy. We must be holding on. Hallelujah. But this is about a spiritual truth that we need to get a hold of. There's a lot of Christians not taking. I don't believe their Christian walk seriously enough. We shouldn't be fearful, but we should be sober and we should be vigilant. Because Satan goeth forth at the roaring. That roaring means a hungry lion. If you are at a zoo at feeding time in the evening, you will hear the lions roaring. They're roaring because they're hungry and they know it's feeding time. The devil is hungry to destroy. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. And the Bible said, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Everybody say steadfast in the faith. And that's what holding on is all about. And that's why it's reiterated to the seven churches of Asia to at least three of them. The actual words hold fast, hold fast, hold fast. Don't give any ground to the devil. Because if you don't give it to him, he has absolutely no authority to take it from you. Now, if you're into the Flip Wilson theology, the devil made me do it. That is the most unbiblical thing that a Christian could ever say. The devil has that. He doesn't have that kind of influence. We've been translated, translated, translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Can you say man? He that's in you is greater than he that is in the world. Submit yourself therefore unto God, and from that position of of surrender to the lordship of Christ, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, resist the devil. doesn't just say resist the devil, he'll flee. It says submit unto God. It doesn't start with defeating the devil. It starts with defeating the flesh. Can you say amen? I want to say that again because I just want you to get that today. It doesn't start with your victory and your authority over the devil. It starts with defeating the flesh. If any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself. And then, and only then, this is an imperative. He can take up his cross and follow me. I don't believe the challenge is strong as it should be when people come to Jesus. And then want to begin to follow him. Because it takes a deep dedication Born out of a deep devotion. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? If a man loved me, what happens? He'll keep my commandments. And it won't make him look grim. It won't make him look like he was baptized in vinegar. Can you say amen? He won't have a long face because he's not enjoying the sins he used to partake of. Amen. He will enjoy his glorious freedom in Jesus Christ. Listen to me carefully. Hold fast. Hold fast. In the Old Testament, that term would be read many times over. It would be an encouragement and a challenge to cleave to the Lord. Say it with me, cleave to the Lord. You'll find it all over the Old Covenant. And the same need is there for us today to hold fast to the things that we have heard. The Bible said we need to give the more earnest heed. To the things that we have heard, lest at any time we, we, not the devil, we let them slip. The word slip is a nautical term. It's like a ship that was supposed to come in and bring its cargo into a port. But instead of turning and coming into the port, it just passes right on by. You know what's going to happen today? The word's going to come forth. And it's either going (laughs) to, everybody go like that. It's going to just run right off of you like water off a duck's back. Or you're going to take it personal. You're going to take it seriously. And you're going to decide that you're going to allow, with the help of the Holy Spirit, God to do a work in you. And God to do a work in me. And changes are going to be made. And priorities are going to change. There are people who have been in church for years, but their priorities haven't changed. The world still holds them in sway. Because they're not holding fast what they once received and it's critical and vital and important. Let me read these things real quick as our time is going. I don't want to lose your attention. And uh, if anybody decides you goes to sleep, elbow them gently. I think I'll get a spray bottle. That's what we use for our doggy. You know, just, just give them a squirt and hold on to what you've got. Revelation 2.25 to the church of Thyatira. Thyatira, however you want to pronounce it. Jesus says, But that which thou, which ye have already, see, the things you've heard, you need to hold on to. But that which ye have heard already, hold fast. How long, Brother Venable? Jesus said, Until I come. You don't let up, you don't give up, you don't give in, you don't give place, you hold it fast. Until he comes, to the church of Sardis in Revelation three and verse three says, "Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and hold fast." Everyone say, "Cleave to the Lord, yes. cleave to the truth." Revelation three and verse eleven to the church of Philadelphia, behold, I come quickly. Hold fast. That which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Can you say man? So I'm going to make this statement to you today. The Christian has a double deposit. Paul writes that the Lord is able to keep that which we've committed to him. And two verses further, he bids Timothy to keep that good thing which was committed to him. God is able to keep what you commit to him. But he needs you to commit to keep what's been committed to you. And that requires a deeper devotion than your nominal average status quo person sitting in a pew today. Because it's not what happens in the church. It's what happens when we walk out through those doors. And we have to either choose the kingdom of God or we have to go the way of the world. Let me read from Second Timothy 1, 12-14. Uh, Listen to it. For this cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words. Which thou hast heard of me. In faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee. Keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Amen. Amen. You got the power within you. To hold fast. But you have to have the will. And you have to have the right priorities. He'll hold what you've committed to Him. You hold what He's committed to you. And you do it by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. you receive what when He comes upon you? Power. Dunamis. It sounds like dynamo in the beginning of dynamite. Neither has any relevance to this. Dynamite can only do so much. Dynamos can only turn and create so much power. This is talking about miracle working ability, and it's not just talking about the charismata, the gifts of the spirit. It's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Amen. This powerful miracle working God wants to work in you. We, what a what a what a confirmation! I didn't. We didn't pre-plan what songs and what I'm going to preach. You know how this operates. Amen. I hate to announce a subject because I don't know when we get ready to get in a congregation. He knows who's going to be here. He knows what the needs are here. He knows who's going to hear it up on the Internet and where he's going to send it. Praise God. So if this don't hit you between the eyes today, it's going to hit somebody because his word will not return to him void. Can you say, man, it will accomplish that that he desires. It will prosper in the thing whereto he sends it. Praise God. But right now he's sending it initially to you and me today. Amen. He said, you know, you don't need to hear a whole lot more. You need to hold on to what you have. We need to give the more earnest heed. That's how you hold fast. You need to get serious about what you know in the Word." Amen. Everybody looking for something new and different. You need to hold on to what you got. You need to act on to what you know. Amen. Everybody say, act on what I know. Begin to live it out. Begin to flesh it out. We're looking for something new and different. They, they sold a lot of, they call them soap operas because they advertise soap on, the, on those, you know, those programs. Soap. Powder and soap suds. And and one of the marketing schemes was we need. We've got a new and improved. Because if it stays just like it is. Uh, you know, that people are not inspired to run out and grab it, but if it's new and improved. And today we've got a a group of Christians that are running here and running there looking for a new and improved version of the gospel, a gospel that will accommodate sin, that will accommodate the world, that will, 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 will absolutely match the world's value system so that we can have the kingdom of God, the blessings of God, all of this. Uh, And and, in every fleshly desire uh, that the world is going after and it can't happen, you can't serve two masters and it's important that we act on what we know that our values begin to match what we know to be true. We don't need to look for something new and improved. In fact, we're told in the old covenant to stand in the in the gate and call for the old pathway. I'm not talking about singing that same old song for the 55th time, amen, and singing all five verses and in a humdrum routine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's truth is unchanging. We don't need the new, and we don't. You can't improve on perfection. You cannot improve on perfection. And the Word of God is tried as silver is tried. It's tried as silver. How is silver tried? It's heated until every imperfection is burned out of it until it is absolutely pure. And I want you to know God's Word is pure today. It is perfect today. We don't need the new age Blended with it. We don't need a new gospel that accommodates the flesh and changes kingdom values. We need to stand in the gate and call for the old pathway. We need prophets, not just preachers today. When I say prophets, I mean people that speak under the direct, distinct inspiration of God. That say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. That don't mumble it. That that are not double-minded. That are not vacillating. That stand and declare God's truth is eternally true. And we don't need a new and improved truth. Because we've got a perfect truth. From a perfect God. Every good and... Perfect gift, <laughs> hallelujah, comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness. He doesn't ever change. The church has, ministers have, ministries do. There are people perfectly happy to go watch a band play this morning, to tap their foot and watch a choir sing, amen, to listen to a sermonette for Christianettes that live in spiritual bassinets. Perfectly satisfied, but they will never stand the pressure and the temptation of the end times. They're upstream Christians in a downstream world, and they'll find themselves going downstream. I know people today that know the truth. They give, but they're not giving heed to the truth they know. There's nothing I can say that would challenge them any more than the truth that they know, if they would just take the truth they know and apply it. if I sat down with them today and said, "Do you understand what the scriptures are telling and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you believe the Bible to be true?" Oh, absolutely, then why, in heaven's name, are we not walking in that truth? Why are we compromised? Why do we not value the word of God like it's supposed to be valued? Why do we not value the worship of God like it's supposed to be valued? Why do we not value the things of God like they're supposed to be valued? God will only take one place in your life, and that's first place. He will not stand in the shadows and come out when you have a need of a healing or a miracle or help. That's not the way it operates. Can you say, man, Jesus said, if any man come to follow me and he loves house and land, see, this is the world's priorities. Their entire value system is material and physical, nothing eternal or spiritual. If he loves house and land more than me, he's not worthy of me. He'll never follow me. He'll never follow through. Something will distract him. Something will cause him to commit and devote to, and it won't be me and the kingdom of God. If he loves house and land more than me, and then Jesus said relationships, same way. If he loves sister, brother, father, mother more than me, he can't be my disciple. He can go to church. He can hold an office, but he can't follow me. He can't. And yet people are trying to do that and preachers are satisfied because they're sitting there and they're giving in the ministry and we're building whatever. But the Bible said, do more than go and build buildings and edifices. Go and make disciples unto me. And if any man would be my disciple, let him deny himself, not indulge himself, but deny himself. Take up his cross. And follow me, because you can't follow him without crucifying the flesh. That's what taking up your cross means. Some people think it means, oh, they're persecuting me on my job because I'm a Christian. No, that's flesh. That is your flesh, wanting to fit in with the world. Unhappy because you don't fit in. The Bible said the fact that you don't fit in is a cause for great rejoicing. You shouldn't have the poor old mees. You say, Thank God I'm this is marking me. <laughs> Amen. Said, Marvel not if the world hates you. Don't don't be shocked by that. It hated me before it hated you. And said, if you were of the world, <laughs> the world loves its own. If they're happy with you and they embrace you and they find no problem with you following Jesus in a devoted way. Commitment. Amen. Then the Bible said you don't have any reason at all to rejoice. But when they speak evil about you, tell lies on you, cast out your name as evil. Yep. Come on. Oh, I got this heavy cross to bear. They're calling me Holy Roller. They're calling me Holy Joe. Holy Jane. Oh, honey, that's your flesh. Wishing that they would embrace you. Amen. Why, why don't you grow up? Can you say, man, God is saying, grow up, grow up. You're not supposed to fit in. We're not of them that turn back. We're of them that go on, hallelujah. When they cast your name out as evil, lie on you and everything else, rejoice. Woo! I'm rejoicing, hallelujah. And be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven where it really matters. And if you've got a heavenly perspective, you've got a kingdom perspective, amen, then you've got reason to rejoice. But if you want the world to embrace you and and you want to follow the trends of the world, what's trending in the world, and you want to go to church on Sunday just in case you need a miracle, that's not following Jesus. And the, the, the charge to make disciples is not just getting people in church and getting people to join this club and give to this project. It's getting people in a particular position and posture to truly follow Christ. And it starts with self-denial. After you're born again, it starts with self-denial. And today... In the charismatic world, the Pentecostal world, the message that is trending right now is not preparing people for the current and the push that the world is doing. It's not getting them ready to be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Because self-indulgence is drawing them. You can have a mansion like mine if you come to Christ. You can have a Maserati like mine if you come to Christ. Where is self-denial when you're getting richer than Trump? Where is self-denial? But I want that mansion. I want that Maserati. Honey, you better want something more than the things of this old world. Lay up your treasure in heaven. When I won Charles to Christ, I just laid up something that the moth can't corrupt. And the thief can't steal. And the reward's going to be given me that's going to last throughout all eternity. Brother Venable, you're going to get a crown. You bet I'm going to get a crown. Amen. You know why I'm going to get a crown? I'm going to get a crown so I can lay it down. Can you say man, at the feet of Jesus and say if he hadn't saved me and kept me, I couldn't have shared Christ with that man, but he saved me and he kept me. Amen. I got a 56. I'm not bragging. I don't want pride to enter in, but I have a 56-year marriage coming up. I'm telling you, we represent victory here. We're not making excuses for defeat. We're not telling, oh, well, the devil saw that that ministry was going worldwide. Oh, that's why that person gave place to the devil. Amen. It's because he can come in if he sees potential and destroy your marriage and destroy your ministry. No, he cannot. That's a lie. And the devil is telling it. And preachers ought never preach it. You've got to quit blaming the devil and grow up. Yeah. Flip Wilson. Remember Flip Wilson? Anyone that old? Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to be real old, but you know, you've got to go back a few years. Yeah. What was his saying? Yeah. Devil made me do it. I remember it was really funny because what was her name? Geraldine. Geraldine, Geraldine had bought a $500 dress, which was a lot back then. <laughs> it's a lot now. Anyway, depending on who who you are and where you shop, Amen. Thank God for a Walmart woman. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying we don't go to Beals or somewhere. You know, Beals Outlet in particular. But anyway, she found that outfit she's got on today in her closet. Found it on sale. Hallelujah. Beals. And I I said, boy, that's pretty sick. I didn't even know I had it. I said, you're a blessed woman. And I'm a blessed man to have a woman that looks for sales. Can you say (laughs) "Man, Hallelujah. Everything I got. No, I'm not going there. I'm not even going there. Hallelujah. Hold fast. Hold fast. Jesus is repeating it. He's reiterating it. We don't need something new. We don't need something different. In fact, we need to return. To the tried and true. To that, remember when we used to sing, it was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and give me that. I don't mean the old-fashioned. I'm I'm not talking about going through routines that become ruts spiritually. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this new age and blend that is trying to happen. It's like oil and water. It just won't mix. I'm talking about something that doesn't require a complete commitment to Christ. I'm talking about a gospel that doesn't require you to deny yourself but replaces self-denial with Self-indulgence, come to Jesus and get rich. come to Jesus and never get sick. Come to Jesus and and your kids will be doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs or whatever you're going to be the head and not the tail means you're going to be the top dog in everything. What an insult. To every missionary that has given up everything, including their own lives, to go and preach the gospel. Because these fat cat preachers used to say, Brother Rumble, you're saying that disrespectably. I do not respect them. I do not respect them. I cannot receive. Well, God's hand on them. Look what they got. No, I don't see that they've got anything. I see that they've got a real issue in their life. And the issue is they see every scripture through the lens of the flesh. When they see. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you life and see, and give it more abundantly. They see the word abundantly in that context. They see it in the context of that house, that car, that money, that silver, that gold, that watch, that ring. And the same Jesus who said he'd give you life more abundantly said these words to balance that. So we didn't get hoodwinked by the devil and hornswoggled by the enemy. He said, for a man's life consists not in the things that he possesses. So the abundant life can't be about the material world. That doesn't mean that God won't meet your needs. It doesn't mean that God will not supply. Amen. I serve a God who's been faithful to me, but I'm not in this to get rich. If you're in it to get rich, you don't, you don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what's happening now, what is trending now in the church world. And it's not preparing people for the pressure that is being brought to bear in the end times. Amen. Many false prophets will go out into the earth and they shall deceive many. Matthew 24, 11, and 12. And it started with, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And when shall these things be? And he's going down the list and he comes to the 11th verse and the 12th verse sign of the soon coming of Jesus. Jesus himself doing the teaching many false prophets shall go out into the earth and they shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the flesh will be in control the flesh will rule the love of many will wax cold. And when people are not in love with Christ, and if they don't love God with all their heart, guess what? They're not going to deny themselves in order to take up a cross and follow Him. And you can't make disciples out of them. And they can't be a witness to this world because they blend in with the world. They're in church on Sunday. They sing in the choir. They teach Sunday school. They preach from a pulpit. But Monday through Saturday, you can't tell them from anybody else. Their values match the world. But, brother, remember, you're judging. No, God's word has judged that. I don't have to judge it. God has spoken about that. Many false prophets, they're here today. And people are so biblically illiterate and undevoted. They don't know what a disciple of Jesus is. Praying those prayers. There's, there's, it gets down to two reasons. There's many things that can hinder prayer. But in the book of James it says you have not because you ask not. So initially God isn't the source. You're not coming to Him, looking to Him, trusting in Him. It becomes a, It's a faith issue. But the second reason is a faithfulness issue on our part. You have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not. Now it's not a faith issue anymore. Right? You have not because you ask not. But here I am asking, trusting, looking to you. And you still don't receive. Because you ask amiss. To consume it on yourself. You see what selfishness does? It disqualifies us to truly get an answer from God. God don't want to heal you so you can watch TV without pain. God wants to heal you so you can function and you can help other people come to know Him. He wants to be glorified in your testimony. But now, I remember one guy, he had a pile of televangelists and he had a pile, he had a pile this high of prayer requests of desperate people that need miracles. And he, he went to pray over the pile. And he stopped. And he looked in the camera. And he said these words, listen to me carefully. He said, it's hard for me to pray. For every one of these needs. If you haven't first sown a seed, in effect, if you haven't sent a check with your prayer request, you can't expect anything from God. Let me tell you something about that. Let me tell you what's wrong with that, biblically. We were not redeemed, 1 Peter 5, 7. We were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. That's not the ransom that was paid for us. Can you say, man? After the tradition of your fathers. But we were redeemed by the precious blood of a lamb. Can you say, man? Honey, I'm going to tell you something today, I would tremble to. Put a price on what Jesus has paid for with His body and blood at the cross. Can you say, man? Listen, you're not healed because you give money to a preacher or to a ministry. You're healed with His stripes. You're healed because of His suffering. You're healed because of His pain. You're healed and helped because of His shed blood. Can you say, man? Hallelujah! How dare we put a price on it! And yet, that's what's trending among charismatics and Pentecostals today. And that's what, and I'm not preaching this because our seats are almost empty. Honey, if we empty it out, I don't know where God's going to send me, what God's going to do, but I know we need to hear the message we're hearing this morning. Hallelujah. Even if people don't come and listen, there are people that are not giving heed, they're not holding fast and if you don't hold fast did you know ancient mariners i got to hurry here but ancient mariners you know what they would do to be reminded constantly that their very life depended and they they're not in these big ships that have the balancing things in them and help them in storms they are up on deck managing the sails strapping down things so it won't fall off and and I was going to do this with some of that stuff that you can wipe off and I I didn't want to actually get a tattoo you know what they would they would get tattooed you can find this in an encyclopedia many dictionaries will find it ancient mariners it would say h o l d right here And F A S T right here. You know why they tattooed that? Because they knew in a storm on deck, my ability to hold fast to something, to keep from being washed away, my life depends on it. It's serious. When you know if I don't hold on to this rope, if I don't hold on to this thing, I'm going to be washed overboard. Because you can't stand up there and be irresponsible and not be sober and be vigilant. It was to remind them to hold fast. And Jesus is telling those churches and telling us today in the 21st century, hold fast the things that you have. Lest at any time you let them slip Because if you let them slip, you're going to slip. And if you slip, the enemy is seriously committed to destroy you, to deceive you. Can you say amen? When iniquity abounds, we begin to lose that fellowship relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is grieved. And we are not experiencing the presence of God in worship. We're not experiencing the presence of God in our personal life. And and the world then has the primary influence in our life. And the flesh keeps giving in and giving in. Stand you in the gate. Stand you in the thoroughfare. Call for the old pathway. Wherein is the good way. And then say, this is the way. Don't mumble it. Don't apologize for it. I don't apologize for calling Christians to completely commit to follow Christ. He's worth it. He doesn't just demand it, friend. He deserves it. Can you say man? Thou shalt, oh, the first and great commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with some of your heart. Huh? Huh? Thou shalt love. And listen, he doesn't just say, keep the commandment. He says, respond to my love with that kind of devotion. We don't love him because he commanded it. Cry, Pamela, don't stay with me because God told her she don't. He's going to whip her. I'm stuck with him. Wished I had somebody else. But did you hear that back there? Did you hear that? No. I love it. I want more of it. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. The woman actually loves me. I don't know why. Of course, I don't know why God loves me either. But I'm glad so glad he does. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. 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 Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. As if your life depended on it. Hold fast. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've given God something to keep and He's given us something to keep. It's a two-way transaction. If ever our souls need to be on guard, it is now. The tempter and the times demand it. The temper, tempter, and the times demanded. I've never seen so many casual Christians who don't commit. The first scripture a new Christian needs to learn is Romans twelve one and two. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, before that deep devotion is presented, we are to receive the love that was demonstrated for us at the cross, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Where did, where did that occur so visibly, so viably? Jesus on the cross. I beseech you in light of that kind of love for you, that you present your body, just the physical body. No, it means the container for your spirit and soul, including your body. Everybody say the container for my spirit and my soul. That means means the whole of you. The Lord God sanctify you. W-H-O-L-L-Y. So you can be H-O-L-Y. Amen. Holy Spirit, soul, and body. This is a spirit, soul, and body commitment that God is calling for. The whole of you, the whole of me. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. Everybody say spirit, soul, and body. body. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. See, God won't accept anything less. Preachers trying to build that edifice for their legacy says, Just come on in. You, I'm not going to preach anything that's going to ruffle your feathers. We had a false prophet come to our church. He had white hair, and he looked looked like a prophet. You know, he looked like one of those guys that, you know, we were in our early 30s then. No, we weren't. We were pastoring in our early 30s. We was in our 20s as Christians, and here come the, he was known as the the, the something prophet. Silver-haired prophet. You remember? I remember him. He came to our church. The silver-haired prophet came. And he wanted people to come back because there weren't many people, Uh, you know, on his second night. And he said, come back tomorrow night. I've got a word from the Lord for everyone who shows up. Well, Pentecostals are lining up. Come on, it's just like a rock concert now. Hey, man, they're lining up for the silver-haired prophet to give him a word from the Lord. And when he said this, it turned me off. I didn't know hardly anything, but I knew when something was wrong. Amen. Isn't that something? I had to go find it biblically, search out the scriptures, but something in me. Hey, man, listen, he that, we have an unction. Say it with me, we have an unction. In fact, we got an unction for our gumption so we can function. Can you say, man, we got an unction. You know what unction means? It means we, it's not just an inspiration. We have an unction. It means a special ability to discern. Hallelujah. To discern truth. I, when, the moment you get saved, you have, the Holy Spirit comes in as the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth. You may not know what's wrong, but you'll know something ain't right. Can you say man? It will cause you to question. It will cause you to search the scripture. And when he said this, that unction kicked in. Hereby we know the spirit of Christ from the spirit of Antichrist. Because we have an unction from the holy ones to know. To know. He said, come tomorrow night, everyone is going to get a prophecy. And none of it is going to be bad. Because the last thing you want is for someone to prophesy over you that you better quit sleeping around. In fact, I went to church. In fact, I went, I went and tried out for a pastorate before I found out where the Lord was going to send me. They needed a pastor and I thought, I'm going to try every door and see if this one's open. I went to preach at a church where the pastor was resigning. This was the last Sunday service they were going to have on a Sunday night. He was resigning because there had so many pressures and so many problems. I, went, I didn't have the message. I looked, I prayed, I worked for Tampa Electric, come home, wore out. I looked, I prayed, I sought, and I didn't have nothing inspired. I asked him, can I, you have an empty room that I could go in and pray because while they were singing, I thought I got to get this message. And I got back in a Sunday school room in the back that he showed me to got down on my knees and my face, opened my Bible, said, Lord, speak to me. Give me the message for this church this night. Speak to me. Speak to me. Open my Bible. Look down to see if God would show me. I was in the New Testament. because I just was already there. And I just looked down and it said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. I immediately turned the pages and prayed again. <laughs> Amen. I'm serious. I mean, I didn't know any better. I didn't know you had to say what God truly wanted you to say. I mean, how? They're not going to want me as their pastor if I preach this. That's the last thing they're going to want. I don't have a chance. I don't have a snow, snowball chance. You know where can you say, man, South of heaven. But you know something? He wouldn't give me nothing but that. He wouldn't give me nothing but that. I went out and sit down. I'm still praying and thumbing through my Bible. And the only thing that I felt inspired to say was, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. i get up here and call these people hypocrites <laughs> to try out to be their pastor. So I, I, I had to preach it or preach without the anointing. And, honey, you talk about a mess it, unless you're just good at it. But if you're dependent on the Holy Spirit, you try it without the anointing. It's going to be a mess. But the anointing came when I obeyed God. And I said, Lord, here we go. Let her rip. I'm, Hey, Hey, I'm going to preach and leave. I'm not worried about qualifying as their pastor anymore. I'm just worried about getting out of here alive. Can you say, Amen? I mean, seriously, but your flesh thinks that way. And I say, because you talk about looking ugly at you, you know, Bible told, God told Jeremiah, he said, when you prophesy, when you start prophesying, don't look at their faces. That's why I said, if I look at you today, that's a good thing. I'm not singling you out. I'm saying there's somebody I can look at, and they won't look ugly at me back. And so, so I preached, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And we started talking about play actors. That's what a hypocrite is. It's just like an actor that takes on a persona to fulfill a role. But that's not the true person. And we've got to be genuine. We've got to be transparent. We've got to be real. We've got to be sincere. Paul said that you might be sincere. And in the Greek, it's sun tested. It's sun tested. And they all knew what that meant. Because disreputable builders would take a a stone that had a crack in it. And they would take candle wax. And filled the crack with candle wax. And then they would whitewash it. So you couldn't see where it was filled. And it was fine in the winter. They never used that stone in the summer. And they get their money and they go. But when the sun of summer came out. The wax would melt out of the crack and it would become apparent and you couldn't whitewash over it. Can you say, man, honey, sun-tested means in the last days concerning you and me, the heat is on, the pressure is on, and the cracks are appearing in so many people's Christian walk because they they can't stand. Listen, some seed fell and it began to grow, but the sun came out and it immediately was parched because it had no root. Can you say man no real devotion no real depth. It was such a shallow thing. Amen. That when the pressure came on they couldn't pass the sun testing because they were not sincere in their walk with Christ. Do you get that today? So I preached on beware of the living of the Pharisees which is hypocrisy. I preached on hypocrisy. Nobody amen. Some people got up and left, which let me just tell you something. If preaching is getting to you and you get up and leave, it just marks you. That's all it does. I've had people get up and leave many times right in the middle of anointing. And I said, well, there they are, Lord. Now I see why I'm bringing this message. There they go. There they are. And there they go. You preach like this, they'll stay away in droves until a true revival comes. And then they'll say, where can I go and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? I've heard this preacher, that preacher, this teacher, that teacher with soothing words. I want to hear what the Spirit, I want my flesh, I want want somebody to help me crucify the flesh. Can you say, man, I don't want somebody to, to help me indulge the flesh. I want them to help me kill it. Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 4. If you be risen with Christ, if you're a Christian, you've been born from above, born again, raised to to walk in the newness of life. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above. What did Jesus say? Lay up your treasure. Same thing. Lay up your treasure in heaven. For where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart's going to be. So it starts with you deciding what's truly important. Can you say, man, and your heart follows. That kind of commitment don't follow your heart. Your heart follows the commitment. Verse 4 says, and mortify your members upon the earth, crucifying the flesh with the lust thereof. Because of that deep devotion to follow Christ. Somebody said, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I get that. But if you're not heavenly minded, you're no good to God. Because everything you see in scripture, you see it through the lens of the flesh and the material world. And that's why the material message has taken precedence, even over the soon coming and certain coming of Jesus Christ today. He said, when I come, shall I find faith? And when they see that word faith, they interpret it as my Mercedes. One guy said it clearly. He said, when I first got saved, I believed God for a Volkswagen. He gave it to me. But as my faith grew, I believed God for a Buick. And he gave it to me. As my faith continued to grow, I believed God for a Cadillac. And he gave that to me. And see, it's all in the framework of the material and the physical. Flags ought to be going up, but Christians are filled in the buildings. Supporting the ministries. Listen to me carefully. He said, as my faith continued to grow. I believed God for a Bentley. About 140,000 base price. And he said, but then as my faith continued to grow. Listen, I could have Maseratis. one of them that people get. That's, you know, that you get up in the 200,000. Then he said, as my faith began to grow more and more and more. I could have a car company, make me a car if I wanted to, to my own design. In other words, my faith has grown beyond Mercedes, Maserati, or Lamborghini. My faith is now to where I can have a car made that nobody's ever had one like mine. And I thought, well, isn't that wonderful? I'm sure someone with a child dying of cancer will appreciate you going to the hospital in your Maserati to pray a prayer that's not going to be answered because you ask a mist to consume it on yourself. Why don't your faith grow to where you can lay hands on the sick and cast out a devil? Can you say, Amen? Hallelujah. Where's the Jesus ministry? Where's the silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'm giving you. Hallelujah. This is the day. This is what's trending. This is what's filling buildings. This is what's filling lives. And this is what is indicating the end is near. Many. It's not an aberration. Many false prophets. That's false. False. What was just taught is false. In fact, the same minister, televangelist, said this, I know why Jesus said it's better to give than receive because it's when you give that you get. That's not what he meant. He meant there's more fulfillment in giving something. There's a lady in, what's the name of that gas company, gas stores, what is it, Wawa? Wawa? I went in the Wawa to get a get some Wawa. No, I went in the Wawa to get a Coke and I'm standing in line and there was a lady getting a lottery ticket. She got her lottery ticket and she looked to be about sixty years old. Young lady, you understand. Amen. And she my perspective has changed. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Uh, come on, young lady. Hallelujah! Sean's not there yet. I can't fist bump him for a few years. And she's getting her lottery ticket, and she says, "You know something?" And she just did, she, did, she didn't have no cross on or anything. She said, "You know something?" She said, "If I could win this, the greatest joy I would have." She said, "She said I would never be rich, even if I won this." She said, "I know too many people with needs." And she said, the greatest joy would be to help all those people I know have needs. And I thought, oh, you may not even be a Christian, but you get it. You understand what Jesus was saying. I mean it. I, I saw a whole family beside the road had an old station wagon, five kids and a, and a woman looked like no husband there, and they're standing by the road. I think we picked them up, took them to a gas station. We picked them all up, and I thought, you know, if I had the money, if I had the money, a greater joy than getting me a new car would be to get a car for that mama to haul them kids around and ain't going to break down and leave them sitting beside the road in the summertime. I would love to say, have you got two hours? Come with me to the car dealership. Pick out a, a, a minivan. <laughs> amen. A Toyota, praise God. Whatever you want. Amen. I want to buy it for you. I want to bless you. Jesus is talking about, amen, this kind of giving heart. This unselfishness instead of self. The selflessness. Deny yourself. There's a greater joy in serving than there is in being served. That's why he stayed on the cross. Oh, there's people in here being hit with that message. And you hear the scriptures that are being taught out of context. And you have to say, what would Jesus really do? What would he really do? Well, what did he do? And if Jesus would do it, why don't we do it? Because he, not that pastor, not that evangelist, not that prophet, prophetess, but he is our example, and we should be seeking to follow him. Be your followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Christ. Oh, by the way, you can love. You can give without loving. You can give to get, and You don't have to love God or anybody else. But you can't love without giving. Okay, let's hurry and finish this this part of this message today. I'm just going to read these scriptures once again. Revelation 2.25. But that which you have already, hold fast till I come. Revelation 3 and 3. Sardis, remember therefore how thou hast received and hold fast. Philadelphia. The church of Philadelphia, Revelations 3 and 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take your crown. Can you say man? So we need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Lest at any time we, not the devil, he tempts. But we give in. We let them slip. So we don't need a new message today. We need the message that we have heard to be adhered to and applied to our life. Can you say, man? And when it is, we are returning to God and He reciprocates every time that occurs, old or new covenant, He will return to us. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Well, have you got anything today that might help you a little bit to hold fast? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's my mission is to get Christians to grab a hold. Somebody said today, I'm not, to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be dogmatic. And everybody said, ah, a sigh of relief came over the congregation. He said, I'm going to be bull dogmatic. Hallelujah. Amen dogma is important the gospel is important the creed of the church is important hallelujah hold fast the traditions that you've heard of us knowing of whom you have heard them. We're not supposed to let them go because everybody say they're antiquated and passé and they don't work in the 21st century postmodern world. Listen, God doesn't need a watered down, perverted, polluted gospel. He needs the original preached with authority and without apology. And if there's ever hope for revival, it'll be that gospel that brings it. Jesus and Him crucified. Can you say "Man, Somebody stand up and give Him glory today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you'll bring up our, our, we're going to have a song and the offering tray is right here and we're not playing that down because we don't need it. We're just not playing it up because God is on the throne and God is on our side and God is going to provide. Hallelujah. Because you 've given to others Philippians four nineteen says, and we do give to missions small as we are uh, every month to to love a child. I know Bobby and I know his wife, and we have ministered together, and he's ministered to our church in times past, and his ministry has grown into a, a huge feeding uh, uh, ministry in haiti and and i 've been there with him, and i 've helped we helped in an orphanage when that ministry was in its embryonic stages. And and we were privileged and honored to do that. Praise God! Hallelujah! Amen. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord, Father. We thank you. We praise you today. We thank you and we praise you today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let's 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 leave here with a victorious song. I I, I love this lady. She's with the Lord now. Amen. But when I rose up this morning I had the same sense. I told my wife, we're gonna go in, we're gonna to try to condense, and she said, Yeah, yeah, till the anointing <laughs> till the till the anointing comes. Everybody's not used to being in church over what a Nat's eyebrow of twelve o'clock. Can you say man? Amen? amen. Preachers get in big trouble going fifteen after. Yeah. stinky. Sticky and stinky. Yeah, we were. We didn't have AAA. We didn't have a phone either. And I didn't have no cell phone. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there, you know, and broke down by the road praying. And a car pulled out over behind me, and two of the nicest men got out and helped me. Yeah. <laughs> you and your dad, you saw me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God had us on the way home while she's praying for help. And two, I want you to get that, two of the the nicest men. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, normally you're told to roll your windows up and wait for a cop to come. You don't know who's going to stop. But two of the nice guys stop. (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank you, sister, for telling. Listen, God took care of you because I didn't know what was going on we saw you by the road and I said Lord have mercy looky there that looked like my woman it is my woman I better stop turn around and go back I can't just go help any woman, can you say man? Not in those days or these days either, but anyway, God knows all about that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give Him praise as you give in the offering. Take this home with you. Be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Don't be a play actor. It's way past that. I've I, I, I got to say this. I'm supposed to stop, but... Milk-fed Christians, Paul said, I couldn't give you meat, you couldn't bear it. Strong meat belongs to those that are of full age, that by reason of exercise of their senses can discern both good and evil. And it's talking about discerning it, not just in others or in false prophets, but discerning it in your own weak flesh. Can you say, man, hallelujah, strong meat belongs to those. And when he said, I couldn't give you meat, so I fed you with milk. But he said, I speak this to your shame when you should be out teaching others. You still have need that someone teach you what are the first principles of the oracles of God. You haven't even got on the foundation to grow yet. And yet, you didn't want meat. You choked on it. You spit it up. You spit it out. You ran off in the middle of an anointed sermon that could have brought you in to spiritual maturity. Baby Christians. Being fed pablum. To keep them immature. Are not equipped. For what is happening. In this last day. They are ill equipped. To stand the current. To stem the tide. But he that heareth these sayings of mine. And doeth them. i show you what he's like. The flood came. The winds came. The torrential rains came. Beat upon that house and beat upon and threatened. And it did not fall because it was founded on a rock. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Well, God is good today. Thank you for coming. I pray you'll come back any time that you can. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.